Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 161 of the Common Law Word Nerds. Tonight's show is Rockin' the Word, and we're going to be doing a Bible study. Sean's going to lead us tonight. JC's here, Jeff, uh, a lot of people, and we're going to be uh, – I forgot what the topic is because I just, just walked in a few minutes ago. But it's uh, September 8, 2018. We're here on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. On Tuesdays, we do a health call called Hands on Health with Jeff and Dana. Wednesdays, we do Common Law Shamanism with JC and the Shaman. And then Sean comes back tonight to lead us in Bible study, and along with JC and, and Brian and some other people. So I'm going to turn it over because, uh, well, because I wasn't really paying attention. I lost track of time. So I'll let Sean take over the rest of the announcements and JC. And y'all have a great night. Thanks for being here. Hey, 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 it's uh, JC, and tonight's show is going to be on Remnant, Resolve, and Remedy, since uh, Gus couldn't remember, and uh, with that, I guess I'm going to hand it on over to the shaman and let him take it from here, but thanks everybody for coming out this evening, we appreciate your support and your time, and uh, with that, go ahead and take it over, shaman. Hey everybody, welcome out tonight, man. I got a, <clears throat> I might be a little scattered tonight because I've got so much stuff in my head. Um, I mean, I just literally, I'm, I could literally probably talk for three hours. I've got so much stuff on my heart. Uh, this is going to bleed a little bit into last week. Um, of course, every week is like a building block, but I'd like to preface tonight's show with a, a little announcement like um <clears throat> for those of you who didn't hear me say it and some of you probably will remember that i said it that in a lot of ways or in some ways i hold back on some of the things that i know as i've studied because you know sometimes you can put too much information in somebody's head but <clears throat> We're going to be kind of taking that blanket off over the course of the next month or so, and we're going to be building a little foundation, and I've already been doing it. Uh, if people have been catching it, maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but I definitely am leading up to something pretty, pretty big, a pretty big revealing in my opinion, and so... I'm just kind of going to give you guys a heads up that that's going to be coming and that if you take the time to make notes, that that would be very wise and beneficial to you because you'd be able to remember and you may even start to see the picture that I'm painting, or I should say that the Lord's painting, uh, as we go. And you may actually have the answer before I get there, which would be awesome. Uh, and it's exactly what I would wish for. I'm sure the Lord's rooting for that too. So, uh, but uh, it's going to take me a minute to get in a roll. Like I said, my head is just spinning with stuff that I want to talk about tonight. But um, I'm going to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Read this real quick. This is going to be verses 1 through 16. 
So I won't read so fast you can't follow me, but I will try to read fast. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he had spoken thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. Now listen to this. For the Lord, your God, proveth you. Know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. In the Hebrew, that word is, um, pronounce it right, Nasal, okay, N-A-W-S-A-W would be how you would pronounce it. And it literally means to test, okay, um, to prove, but mainly to test. And God does test you. But it's interesting that he says to test whether or not you love him with all your mind and with all your heart. And ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him, keep his commandments, obey his voice, and ye shall serve him, and ye shall cleave unto him. Now, this is a cool, I love nuggets, man, and they're just all these nuggets and just what I've already read, and I'm not even done. But uh, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Dad, thanks for letting us get together. I will ask you to bless the words of the message. I'm asking you to bless my mouth that I can speak and say the things that you're wanting to say and that you're wishing for people to hear and learn from. Um, Just please use me as a mouthpiece and let the hearing be according to your will. Amen. Um, He says some pretty interesting things, that you walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, keep his commandments, obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. So last week, you know, we've been talking about this faith works thing. Um, This really rubs the Protestants pretty hard. Most of the uh, Protestant teachings will tell you that all you have to do is believe. Once you're saved, that's it. You don't do anything else. Uh, you can't do anything to add to it that would just frustrate it and make void the salvation, and that it does. You know, you don't you don't have to work. You don't have to uh, to do anything. That is just completely separate. Okay, which is absolutely not true. Um, I could, and we will be going over some of those verses tonight, but we went over several of them last week. I mean, a lot of people are still having a hard time with this. And they and they have a hard time believing. Like, would you believe that Christ would actually try to talk someone out of getting saved? Would you believe that he might, might suggest that maybe it's not the best thing that they could do? Because it's better that you've never known than to have known and fallen away. I mean, that's what the book says. You'd be better off just never having known it because like getting the greatest treasure in the world. And we're going to get to the verses that talk about this, the books, but you know, you get this wonderful gift of salvation and then you just throw it in the mud. I mean, how do you think the creator is going to view the sacrifice of his son and you just trample it and underfoot you being ambiguous? Of course, it means everybody, not anybody. It just means anybody. So, uh, 
he also tells you basically in this this chapter that you shouldn't just be chasing after any prophet and just because they say they're a prophet or just because they're saying something that you shouldn't necessarily be following that um This whole this whole book, like you guys should read this, and I'll just put it like that: you guys should absolutely read Deuteronomy 13. There are tons of things in there that go right along with uh, making sure. Like, I mean, it even talks about in verse eight: like, thou shalt not consent unto him; thou shalt not hearken unto him; neither shall thy eye pity him; neither shall you. Uh, thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him. He's talking about killing the false prophet. I mean, God looks at liars and evil men pretty harshly, and a lot of people have been quote civilized, so they don't they don't view it that way. You know, cancer comes and nobody wants to cut it out. And I'm not suggesting go out and start killing false prophets. I'm just saying that <clears throat> at least rebuke them, at least call them out, at least put them in their place. I mean, there's different ways of destroying things. And the way you do it is like with any darkness, you just turn the light on. Um, that's a good way to do it. But on this, the main point of the uh, Deuteronomy things I'm building up to something was God tests you to see if you're his. Okay? And if you remember, my sheep hear my voice. So he's saying those that would hear my voice. And I'm going to drop back into Deuteronomy 8. In verse 1 and 2, he says, again, all my commandments which I command thee this day, that you shall observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord has sworn unto your fathers, thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee out the forty years in the desert to humble thee, to prove thee, and to know in thy heart whether thou hast keep his commandments or no. Okay, so this is the purpose of what we're doing and what we're hoping that this helps those that would wish to do it, train them in the way that they should go. You know, this is what every message of the Lord is about, is training us to do the will of Yahweh through the power of his Son and the leadership of the Holy Spirit by the law written on your heart and by the might of your hand or your will, okay? That's the whole purpose of this. There's no other purpose. It's not to build Gus, John, and myself up. It's not, it's not to feel good. It's not to do anything other than the commandment that says, love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, body, and soul, love your neighbors yourself, and then bring the kingdom of God to earth. That's our job, okay? And we're supposed to do that no matter the cost because we're property of the Almighty. If you're his son or daughter, then you're property of the Almighty. <clears throat> he can do whatever he wants with us. And honestly, we really don't have a say, even though a lot of times he will give us a say. Uh, and oftentimes he'll put you in situations like if you have the gift of music, he's probably going to use you in the gift of music. If you can build websites really good, he's probably going to do that. If you're good at finances, He's probably going to put you in a position where you can help people govern their finances if they need it because they're lacking. So, but the reality is the remnant, that's what we're after. You know, there's two schools of thought on this whole teaching thing. 
okay, obviously we're supposed to be bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. So on the grand scale, the earth does get saved, but eventually that's going to be by the Father and <clears throat> with our effort as well, but mainly through him. Um, but we're trying to reach, you know, the Bible says, whomsoever will. Okay, like whoever's going to come, that's who I want to come. It means if you love me. Okay, but we just read in Deuteronomy that if you're saying, like this is going to totally tie into court, guys. We're going to show you tonight how this ties into the man court thing. And it shows you how the Bible sets that up. <clears throat> the Word of God, I should say, sets up the way all these things work. And I think it's really cool. And that's why I'm so excited. I got so much stuff in my head. But the remnant, we're seeking the people that really want to be here. We're seeking the people that are serious, okay? Not the people who give things lip service like, oh, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I do this, I'm doing that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a, quote, Christian, I'm this and this and this. And then as soon as they get a little something they want, boom, they're off to the races, and you don't see them again until the next time they want something. They never contribute. They never give of themselves. They never really study you know, and we're going to get into that when we get into the book of Matthew. You know, the Lord even addresses that. There are people like that in the sower parable, in the parable of the four soils, right? People hear things, they get glad for a while. And John and I, I forget the term he uses, but <clears throat> like they get power from our words, right? Oh, they get excited, man. It's like heroin. They're like, oh, yeah. And then the two or three days later, because they don't study on their own, they don't seek the Lord's face. They don't do the things that they're supposed to be doing that we tell them. They completely forget what we told them. They completely get scared again. They have no idea. Even the simplest little two-sentence letter is like this monumental task. They're terrified to send it. Is it going to make sense? They have no idea unless they talk to us again or somebody like us. But I can only speak to people John and I help. So... That's because it's not getting into their heart, okay? It's not, it's not, it's like, uh, and we'll get to it in the soils, but it's not really taking root. It's like superficiality, right? Um, some people love superficially. Some people have friendships superficially or work superficially. It's just either for an outward appearance of good or righteousness that doesn't really have root. Like when nobody's watching, you wouldn't know that they were a child of God or that they cared about anybody else but themselves. You know, a lot of people put up a whole lot of fronts. Um, I guess we all do sometimes. Um, but some not more than others. This is going to be a little bit of a lengthy read, but just please bear with me because it's important. You might as well hear him anyway, so just... Uh, Bear with me. This is going to be, you know, give anybody who's got a Bible time, turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Let me give you a second to get there. Okay, I'm just going to start at verse 1. This is going to be good. <clears throat> the same day when Jesus out of the house and sat at the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and set. In other words, he chased him off the beach. The whole multitude stood on the shore. There were so many people he couldn't even get on land. And he spake many things to them in parables, 
saying, Behold, the sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places, where there was not much earth, and forthwith they went and sprung up, but because they had no depthness of the earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But then others fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. Then he goes on and he says, And the disciples came and said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Now listen to this. This is, just listen. He answered and he said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whomever hath, right? Whomever hath, to him shall be given, and he hath more abundance. But whomsoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, See not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and ye shall not understand. And seeing ye see, ye shall not perceive. For the people's heart is waxed gross. Gross meaning dull. Okay? Um, it's like grown dull weakened. Their ears are full of dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed. At least at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Did you did you hear that? I'm going to call your attention back to Genesis. Let us go down and confound their speech, so that they may not become as one of us. And he goes on to say, for nothing they imagined would be impossible to them. Okay? Now, can, can you imagine coming to a church and hearing a preacher say, man, I'm not sure you ought to really come to the Lord right now. Now, I've actually said that to people. Like, maybe you ought to chill out for a minute and really think about what you're saying. Make sure that you really want this. Because if you really accept this gift, and then you piss on it. All you got to do is go to Hebrews chapter 6 to read what happens. It's impossible to renew them unto again in repentance, seeing that they crucify themselves the Son of God afresh. You can't come home. And before everybody panics in the sound of my voice, listen, if you can't come home, it's because you didn't want to. And in my humble opinion, I really believe that if you fall to that state, you're not going to care. I mean, you're just going to fall away. You've made that willful choice to fall away, to turn away from the Creator Almighty, to turn away so great a salvation. <clears throat> you're not going to care about it, that is, until Judgment Day. And then you're probably going to care quite a bit. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see, hear those things, which ye see, and hath not them, and hear those things which ye hear, and hath not them. 
Did you hear that? He's saying that people want to know. They want to know. But no, I'm not going to let them hear it. They're not going to hear it. Uh, maybe it's because they're blocking the creator out. But And that happens. I mean, he obviously talks about people who will not hear because they choose not to. But right here he's saying, I don't want them to hear. And maybe this is one of those times he doesn't veil things from himself and he just sees that they're going to do more damage than good. Or maybe he knows they're going to get saved and fall away if they get saved at this moment. Maybe it's he doesn't like them. I don't know the answer to that. <clears throat> I'm not the creator. All I can do is speculate as a man would. Um, I think our emotions were made in the image of God, of uh, Yahweh, and if we're made in his image, then he must experience, I mean, we know he experiences anger and jealousy and love and joy. So, you know, he's got his reasons. He's perfect. He knows what he's doing. Um, he sees things we don't. So that is a hard thing to hear. It's a hard thing to imagine God not wanting somebody to come to salvation, but we can only speculate as to the reasons why. And I guarantee you, whatever the decision is, it's a just, loving, honorable decision that he's making. It's not a childish, vindictive, uh, shallow, you know, sociopathic reason. There's a reason that he's doing this, okay? And I think that we have an answer, and we're going to get to that. Okay. Hear ye the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catches the way that which was sown in the heart. This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. We were just talking about this. Yet he has no root in himself, but dureth for a while meaning to endure, meaning he hangs around. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. And he that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of the world, the deceitment, the riches, the choke out the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed on the good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also bears food and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So are you hearing this? Is he not describing a lot of the things that we go through, right? Like, we hear all the time, man, dude, gosh. I mean, I just don't understand this. I just, I'm just not getting it. I'm just, I don't get it. <clears throat> you know, I try and try, and then they come, well, what do you do? And they come back with all this crazy mumbo-jumbo. We're like, man, that's, brother, that's not what we told you to study. Your sister, that's really not what we told you to do. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you should try this. And this, this may go on for some time. And it's it's because it's not, you know, the, the my sheep hear my voice thing is a really, 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 really divisive and powerful statement because it automatically implies that if, if you're not hearing his voice, you're not his sheep. Okay? Obviously, that's not always the case. So don't don't get disheartened because sometimes there's just so much noise in your life, right? So thank God we've got these parables because it covers all those things. Like some people are going to get disgruntled and some people are going to get upset and think that they're beyond redemption. Look, this is scary stuff. It's not easy. 
You go to churches nowadays, they just think you walk up the aisle, you say a little some incantation, you boom, you go back to your seat, you're happy, you never have to worry again. There's nothing to do with it. There's no works, just grace, bam, you're okay. You don't have to worry no more. That is ridiculous. There's, the Bible does not teach that. The Word of God does not teach that. Let's put it that way. The Word of God does not teach that. Um, over and over and over and over and over again, he teaches. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's like, it's conditional, man. Think of it like you're in the process of being saved. I die daily. Pick up your cross. If you don't pick up your cross daily and follow me, you're not worthy of me, okay? If you're not producing fruit, you're not worthy of me, and I'll take you out and I'll burn you. I'll cast you out. That's what he says. Um, I mean, over in verse 4, he says, And therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. Like, this is the other thing, <clears throat> okay? This is the other thing. And this is the test, guys. And this is actually the building blocks of that big unveiling that's coming, so take good notes. God lets, God created evil. He absolutely created evil. You can find that in Isaiah. You know, it said, in the beginning was word, words with God, the word was made, uh, was God, and all things were made that were made by him, and no thing was made that was not made by him. Okay, so he made everything. He's the creator. There's not pluralistic creators. He's the creator. That means he made everything. Okay? <clears throat> so, people choose to do the good or the bad. Guys, that's the love. That's how you know you love him. That's what he says right there in Deuteronomy. He tests you to find out if you love him, which means he obviously bails some things from himself. That's why Christ doesn't know when he's coming back. Only the Father does. Obviously, the Father is blinding himself to some things, probably just for the fun of it, because he can operate without knowing, and he can operate with knowing. You know, he probably, he's so wonderfully perfect, he probably gets a little bored sometimes, I would think. But, uh, Regardless, we know it says he tests us to see if we love him. It's not so that we see if we love him, it's so that he sees. That's what it says, so he can see if we love him. The only way you can do that, less things around you. Consider Job. Consider my servant Job, Satan. What are you doing, Satan? I was walking, I was walking around the earth, man. Oh, really? Have you ever considered Job? Who? Job, that guy. Oh, well, no, not really, but now that you mention it, yeah, he'll curse you. He'll curse you. Don't worry about it. Hey, uh, you guys, you can do anything you want on the earth. Hang out with all the animals. You can eat all the fruit, everything. You play in dirt, swim in the water, everything. Just don't eat the fruit on that tree right there. Okay. It's a test. You know? Are you going out tempting? Tempting and testing is not the same thing. The test is, hey, let's see if you're actually going to listen. Hey, I'm going to leave. You know, isn't that what he did with the servant when the master went away? We'll talk about that. When he went away... He had the, the servants, right? The three servants. He gave them his, his goods. Matter of fact, let's just turn over to that. It's just easier if I read it to you. I think it's in Matthew 25. Check this out, man. There's all kinds of good stuff in here. In there. Give me a second. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in a far country. Look, so he's going to give us an example, guys. Like, 
what is the kingdom of heaven, man? How do we bring this thing down here? What's he talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you. He's going to tell you right now. Watch. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling in a far country who called his own servants. So they're his. They're saved. That's the implication. And delivered unto them his goods. There you go. He's trusting you with the salvation. Here we go. And unto them he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. All right, dude, you can sing, you can play this, you can do that. Okay, you go over here and you do that, 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 and that. Okay, you got the, okay, you can do this, this, and this. All right, you go over and do that. Uh, Jim, you can't really do a whole lot, but you do have that one thing. So you go over and you just do that thing, okay? At least do that one thing. Can you do that? Yes, Dad. Okay, go do that one thing. Then he said, and then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. So he went and doubled his, his talents. He got better. He doubled it, man. Um, and likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. Bam. These cats are working, man. Dad said, go work. I'm coming home. Y'all better do it. Okay, we're going to do it. But he that received the one went and digged in the earth, and he hid his Lord's money. And for a long time, the Lord of those servants, or after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so the he that received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest me five talents. Behold, I gained another five. Lord said to him, Good. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So his faith produced works. His works produced faith. He doubled it. See how they work together? He had, he had the faith. It produced works. The works doubled his faith, which doubled his works. He that had received two talents came and said to the Lord, Thou deliverest me two talents, behold, I have gained another two talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Boom. He's in the kingdom of heaven. That's what he said right at the beginning. Then, which had received one talent came and said, uh, Lord, I knew thee to be a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not straw. And I was afraid. So I went and hid my talent in the earth low. There hast, and that is mine, thine. And his Lord answered unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. No, no, it's not what he said. He said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I had not strawed. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him who hath the ten talents. For unto every one hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away that which he has. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there should be whipping, weeping and gnashing of teeth.
hear that? Does that sound like uh, you just go up and you say this one little thing and you're good? And you really got you mean you don't mean you really wants me to get to the poor, right? You mean you really wants me to go visit that dude in prison? You mean you really wants me to stand up against the evil man and have a voice? You mean when there's four guards marching a thousand people to their death in the death camps, you want me to run out and tackle one of those guards? What happens if I get shot? Man, that's a hard thing, Master. I didn't want to lose the one thing you gave me. You can lose it anyway, Jack. Because if you accept the talent, you had better earn it. And that is just that simple. Better earn it. Many shall come to me, Lord, Lord. Did I not prophesy, Lord, Lord? Okay? Guys, we have got to make sure we're rocking and rolling. We've got to make sure we're part of that remnant that God's calling unto himself. Look, the quote, unquote, and it's a joke. And it's, it's my belief. The quote, unquote, church of today is a joke. It is a joke. It has no power. It will chew and eat its own. It is no, I see no difference in the church of today, most of them, than in any other organization out there that eats its own. As a matter of fact, I've got a really good friend of mine who's counting on his perception of how most churches are to accomplish something really great by letting them do something that's not so great because he knows they're going to do it. That is just like the guy who said, oh, um, so like what church do you go to? Never mind, never mind. I know the answer. And I said, well, I don't go to a building. He's like, well, if you told me that, I probably wouldn't have listened to you that much. It's sad that that's the outlook of most 501c3 churches today, but in reality, it really is. You know, here's what I hear 99% of the time. Man, you you, you follow this Nike thing with Kilpatrick or Kilpat, whatever his name is, and this guy, can you believe this man? I'm like, dude, what are you even talking about? I don't watch the news. What are you talking about? Uh, this and this and this and this. And you have all these people burning Nike shoes that they paid money for, which is stupid. They're burning these shoes. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody out there burning crucifix. I don't see anybody out there protesting the Catholic Church for raping thousands and thousands of children. Everybody cares about the NFL. Ain't nobody out there doing that. I can't even believe that organization's still standing as many kids as they rape. It's it's ridiculous. You ought to be cast into the fire with the rest of the wicked people. But um, so there's your remedy and the resolve, right? Your resolve. Let's get to the resolve. The resolve is God's going to try you so you get your test, right? The parables of the soils are showing you, look, I'm going to test you guys to see, are you, okay, so to many is given, some people get this, some people get that. Well, the reason is, is probably the, the, the guy who got the five talents probably been hanging around longer than the guy with the two talents. And the guy with the two talents probably been hanging around longer than the guy with the one you see like when you you know too much until you know i'm going to give you a little you're being faithful with a little i'm going to give you a little more you know like any good dad he's going to train you he's going to test you and mold you right he's the potter we're the clay you guys have heard that he's going to take and teach us a little at a time 
so that we can eat it. You got to start with the milk, and then you go to the to the baby food, you know, and then you get some applesauce. Next thing you know, you're gnawing on a Viet sausage. And then you're sucking down some spaghetti and getting noodles all over your face and spaghetti sauce. And then next thing you know, you're eating a ham sandwich. And then next thing you know, it's cheeseburger time. Now we're moving on to the steak. Guys, we're trying to get to the steak because we got to get big and strong because there's a lot of Goliaths running around right now trying to slay us with swords called words. And they're kicking the living piss out of everybody. And it's because we're not rooted. We don't have that word rooted deep, right? We need those deep roots where they can yank and yank and yank and yank. Have you ever tried to yank a good-sized weed out of a garden before, and that thing's roots are so daggone, you have to go get a hoe and a, and a machete, and you're sweating, and you got a drink, and you're yelling and throwing stuff, because, I mean, these things are so deep. They're rooted so well, man. They're just sucking the life out of the earth. That's what you need to be like. You need to be that thorn in other people's side. You need to be growing, right? Your roots in that as a wheat, you need to be deep. And that's what we're trying to get to. But the way, here's how that, that happens, okay? You start at point A. Like I was thinking about this. I had a blessing this week from another preacher I ran into, and it was just awesome. And God had put me on his mind, and he was avoiding calling me, and I was avoiding calling him. And God broke his plumbing, and I had to go fix it for free. It's a funny story. I'll tell it some other time. But we were just sitting there talking about some of these things. And um, if I hadn't gone through what I went through, and I hadn't learned, okay, and I hadn't been able to go into that four-hour chess match, see, I had to go in there with just me and God. And if so I was doing my job, okay, well, through John doing his job with another guy and me being faithful and doing my job with the same guy, John and I were able to meet. And because John did his job and I did my job, John and I met, and then John helped me a little bit, and I've helped John a little bit, you see, and look where we're at today. Because we keep being faithful when nobody's watching, when there is no fanfare, when there is no donate, when there's nothing going on, John and I are trying to do the right thing. We're not always successful, man, but we really do try. People most of the time don't listen very well, but we still try, and that's the point. So, you know, a little bit at a time, we've been given a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more responsibility, and it's the trials, right? So if I hadn't gone through what I went through, I wouldn't have been able to talk to this other preacher about his problem that was going on. But as it was, I was able to not only talk to him, but give him the answers and explain the emotions that he was going to experience, right? Which gives what? Faith and comfort. You know, you know somebody's in your corner. Somebody has an answer. You've walked a mile in that man's moccasins. Now you can teach others, right? And that's, that's the kind of people, that's what the remnant is. And that's the resolve. The resolve is how many times are you going to get punched in the face? and then get back up? Or how many times are you going to spill your coffee, still wipe it up, clean the sheet, go back over and get you another cup of coffee? You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep... I was talking to another good friend the other day, okay? And he's like, oh, man, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do with this license thing. I got this license thing going, and I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen, and, and uh, I don't want to go to jail, and this and that. And I said, man, you're going to jail. You might as well just accept the fact that sooner or later, 
you're going to jail. It's not going to jail that you got to worry about. It's how to handle yourself when you do. Because you're living in a fallen world. It's going to take us a while to, to be the example. And this is why the more we pull together, the bigger a light we are. And the more we shine working together and helping one another, the more other people want to emulate that. They want to partake in that. They want to know why our roots, when they're all dying of thirst, why our roots are so deep that we're still growing. We're prospering in spite of everything falling apart around us. Like we're the example, the peculiar people the Bible talks about. you got to become that peculiar people, and you can only do that through trials and works. It doesn't happen by saying an incantation and then going sitting on your butt watching television because nobody sees you. Okay? Um, so in a large part, I think that that's what we're supposed to be doing is, is helping you guys help us so that we can help everybody else together. Um, I'm going to be flipping over. You just in Revelation. <laughs> I'm just going to spout out some verses. You guys can go. He's going to be in chapter 2 and 3. I just want you guys to see a couple of things real quick. Verse 2, chapter 3. This is the, basically was Sardis, the church in Sardis. It was basically... Uh, a lifeless church. It really wasn't doing anything. He says it's kind of like the guy who planted his his talent in the soil. So I know the works that has the name. Now listen to this. I know thy works that thou has a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, and there that are ready to die. For I have not come or found thy works perfect before God. And I'm going to skip down. Right? He's saying. Remember how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will... Now listen to this. Gosh. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. And therefore thou shalt not watch. I will come as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. There, thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which has not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Does that sound worthy? Worthy. That sounds like something they had to do. They made themselves worthy, right? Maybe works are a justification. Oh, that's right. He told Abraham that, didn't he? By his works was not Abraham justified. Okay. So he's saying it's worthy. He that overcometh. The same shall be clothed in a white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess him before my father and before his angels. He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You need to read that whole chapter. Because um, over and over again, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. My walls on your heart. The Holy Spirit will guide you in all things. This is the other thing. <clears throat> the Word of God, absolutely. But isn't the Word of God written on your heart? 
that's something else. Like you hear people mimic, you know, mutter this relationship with God thing. But I, you know, I have people ask me why I believe certain things or how do I know God's real in this capacity? Because I know the guy. I don't wonder. I don't even believe it anymore. I don't have faith and I know it. Just like I know I'm here right now. I know I have a right hand that I'm looking at. I know it as sure as I'm standing talking on this show right now. There's certain things that just boom. It is what it is, guys. Um, the remedy, so we're going to move. We have the remnant, which is what we're trying to reach, all the people that will hear, who have ears to hear. The resolve is the trials, that even though you go through these trials, we're going to bang away at this thing and come through it on the other side. It's a taking up of your cross daily, dying daily to yourself, growing closer to Yahweh, having the law of God written on your heart, and actually living it, actually doing it, not just talking a bunch of game and not having no game. Okay? And the remedy. Well, the remedy's simple, isn't it? Love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, body, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's the remedy. And here's how you know you're doing that. You ready? Love, joy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, full of faith, self-controlled, and gentle. There's the fruits of the Spirit. If you have those things, you know you're probably living correctly. You're probably doing the things. Because there's happy people who are atheists, and there's people that do good stuff that are atheists. <clears throat> but it's the whole package, right? I mean, you know what you're doing, who you're doing it for, and why you're doing it. And that's that's the main thing. So you have the fruits of the Spirit. And the, and the remedy is nothing more than studying patient, learning wisdom. Wisdom is through experience, supporting those that feed you, feeding others once you learn how to. Once you learn how to chew steak, teach somebody else how to chew a steak. Okay, that's the remedy. And I should have had Gus put this in, and I didn't think about it until a little later. There's another R. It's the reward. Now, does that mean that we're going to have a good life here? No, it doesn't. Does it mean a helicopter is not going to land on my house one of these days and somebody's going to put a 22 round or a 9 millimeter round through my head? No, it doesn't. I mean, the fact of the matter is they killed Christ. They killed Peter. They killed Stephen. Um, it just kind of goes with it. Now, a lot of people, God is able to bless them, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I think most of us, within the sound of my voice, we don't really have that bad a life. Uh, you can go into other countries or other places, and those cats really suffer. I mean, you know. <clears throat> so in some ways, the way we're in trouble is because mentally, through education, knowledge, and our relationship with God, we are sl- most people are slaves. They, have, they don't even know they're slaves. It's so covered up, they're not even aware. And then even when they become aware, it's so overwhelming, they don't know what to do. Thank God, people like Gus, John, and others like them that teach, okay, because it gives somebody somewhere, it's like being in an ocean, being tossed to and fro, and all of a sudden, one of them lifesaver things hits you in the head, and you're able to put your arm through that hole and pull yourself up on that floaty, okay? You may not be on solid ground yet, but you're getting pulled by the rope, okay? Okay getting pulled by the rope, 
to get in the boat, and then the boat's going to go to land. And that's where you're headed, right? You're trying to get out of Admiralty. You're trying to get out of that and get on, onto the solid ground. Okay. And the reward? The reward is your relationship with God's going to be strong. You're going to be, one of these days, you'll be the guy throwing or the woman throwing that lifesaver to somebody. You may be the one with the lantern. You know, there's another parable of keeping the lanterns with the lamp oil so that you don't run out of oil to keep your light lit before you make it to the finish line. Because if you don't make it to the finish line and you turn away, it's like, just read the parables of the soils. Some people go on for a little while in the cares of the world choke them out. Some people get distracted and they start falling back into their old pattern like a dog they return to their own vomit. Some people hear it, they're glad for a couple of days and then they go away and they forget. Just like it says, a man beholds what he's, you know, he looks in the mirror basically, he beholds what he sees and he goes away and forgets what he beheld. Some people don't want to change their ways. They want to be the God of their life. They can't, they're egotistical. They don't want to be wrong. They're not going to listen. It doesn't matter. But there's your hard, stony soil. You know, just not, you're not going to reach them. And after two or three times, walk away. It's not your job to change them. It's your job to tell them how. It's God's job to change them. So the, the reward is you know you're doing right. You know you're in the will of the Father. And you know that one of these days when you croak, you're not going to die. That you're going to enter into that happiness. There's no punishment. And it's not even so much the punishment as the love you're going to experience. It's not that you're getting necessarily out of punishment. Like, maybe we should be more focused on the love and that goodness that we're going to experience and just seeing a smile on some child's face that you just helped feed or the little old lady you just helped across the street. I mean, these things sound silly, but for those of you that do these little things, there's a great amount of joy that comes from that. Just hugging somebody when they need it praying for somebody when they know you're going to pray for them. Think about how you feel when somebody does those little things for you. That's what Christ says, right? When you do this least of these, you've done it unto me. It's all reciprocal, guys. It's also conditional. So, um, like I said, I could go on and on and on. i got so much stuff in my noodle, but I'll cut it off there so that I don't lose everybody's attention. Please read into Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 25, Revelations uh, 3 and 2, and then shoot over into Deuteronomy. And then pay attention to those special notes that I pointed out tonight and this faith works thing, because that does go against some teachings. And um, as we go along, we're going to be building on that, and we're going to have one of these days, there's going to be one heck of a teaching coming out. You guys are going to dig it. Um, so anyway, with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Gus and JC. I appreciate you guys listening. Please remember to uh, support people that feed you and try to feed others. Thanks, John. <clears throat> JC, is there anything you wanted to add to that before um, before uh, we take some questions? Um, no, I mean, I guess the one thing is that Matthew thirteen thirteen is is definitely one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So, but we can take questions. Um, yeah, Gus, what we were gonna do too is Brian's on here. 
and I wanted to bring him in tonight. And, you know, before the show, John and I talked, JC and I talked about it, and um, we were wanting to go back into the resolve part of this message tonight. Okay. And what's and like John, I'm going to read John's verse because it's actually one of mine too. Therefore, speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And that is actually the springboard for the trials, the resolve part, that verse, and um, we're going to have some fun with it and take some questions at the same time. So we're going to talk about right. that first, and then we'll take some questions, okay? Yeah, if uh, if Brian's on here, tell, uh, Brian, go ahead and uh, hit star two or or say something so I can uh, tag you as a moderator. I'm not sure what, what your uh, phone number is. Or you guys go ahead and I mean he can just jump in whatever whenever he wants. Put your uh, to put your hand up. Hit star two if you if you're not able to unmute yourself if that's a problem. Oh, there it is. Hey John, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead, John, and say why that's your favorite? All right, I got you, Brian. The reason that's uh, you know my favorite verse is that it it speaks very uh, expressly the that Jesus was speaking in parables and that those parables are moral stories for people to, even though they, they're they seeing and they see not and they're hearing and they hear not, the parables are the moral stories from, from which they should derive the teachings of Christ, like from which they should derive um, the difference between right and wrong. Like if you follow the... Um, law part of the show it, it, it's common lore it comes from the the lore of of what we teach our children because for most of society people were illiterate and so they would teach their children these these kind of fables and story tells to to ingrain in them their morals and also like going back to for most of society, people were illiterate. The reason that, that it's actually called a verse in a Bible is because the, the original Bible, going back to the Torah, for hundreds of years before they actually wrote it down, they sung it. It, it was a poem. And that's why when people read the original Torah today, it, it's still sung because... All right. Somebody's messing around. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. That was me. They're they're sticking to that common tradition um, of the ancients from time immemorial, and that's why they they sing sing the Torah and and have that verse. That's that's why it's called a verse in the Bible. So, um, you know, it's that. That's kind of the reason. And then. The other thing is is that, you know, because seeing see not and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand, it it's uh it goes back to having eyes to see and ears to hear. Like, you know, a group of people can look at the exact same information 
but only very few of them will actually understand that information. A lot of them might comprehend, but there's a big difference between comprehending information and understanding information. And the understanding is when you actually believe, when, when it's your belief and in your mind and in your soul, and it's that word of God that's written on your heart. And that's when you actually have understanding. And it's like you get to other levels too. Like the reality is, is maybe you're being stubborn and kind of just not wanting to see it. Like we know people who we actually try to reach out to. We know what they're teaching is wrong and we try to teach them and we give them the proper information and they literally can't see it. It's almost like it's just being completely blocked from their mind. And no, it's not almost. It's like it is. I mean, either they're blocking it or God is. Somebody's blocking it from them. Um, and that's why he speaks like that. It's only meant, you know, when you speak in a certain way, it's only meant for certain people to get it. And it's funny because the, the other side does that very thing, like at court, right? Think about a court setting. You go in there, and let's say you don't know anything about common law or any of that stuff. They're speaking this language, and you don't. you have no idea. You think, you see it, you hear it, but you don't see it, and you don't hear it, and you definitely don't understand. And that's exactly what Christ is talking about in this parable. Like, that's why he does parables, because it's for certain people. It is not for others. It is not for people who don't want to love God. It's not for those people. It's only meant for those who are trying to seek Yahweh's way and follow his law. Would you agree with that, Brian? Yeah. But even as well, you know, he would take them aside afterwards and explain to them. They would ask him. Even the 12 that were following him, a lot of times he would say, uh, this is what the parable means. I'm just going to on the subject, and that is like, uh, since I've put out the documentary about Baba and um, put out some of the other videos, I've actually had people... Um, talking to me personally, and they have questions about it. There are certain things that they do not understand, and it's really kind of um, ironic to me that most of the time, almost every question they asked me was actually answered in the video, and they just did not catch it. That's true a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but the videos are compact, and even with, like, uh, the videos that I made three years ago, um, you know, they're so compact with information, and it just goes so fast that even back then a lot of people would tell me, I would ask uh, friends and family, well, what did you think about that video? And, and very often I would get the response, it, it was good, but... I'm going to have to watch it two or three times because I, I didn't get the whole thing. Like, it it was going through so much information so quickly um, that I'm going to have to watch it over and over again to get the full understanding. And the only reason I made the videos kind of that quickly uh, with that much information in it was because of the attention span that you have in society today.
anything you want to add, Brian? Yeah. I'd like you to be a part of the discussion. Well, some of it is just some of it is just that people don't they don't take the time they 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 don't they don't want to put any effort into it. They just want the like Sean hit it earlier. He said, you know, they just want something. They don't want to contribute when they need something. They want to take what they they want, you know. And the Lord rebuked the crowds that followed him. He said to one of them, he said, he says you didn't come because of this you came because you got fed over there you just wanted to come so you get a free meal that's basically what he told them and uh that's what's going on a lot of times it's just it's just laziness a lot of people don't want to put yeah. the time they don't want to put the effort and they just expect you to do it for them and it's like you know how can I believe for someone else? It's impossible. Well, I mean, there's people that we've worked with for long periods of time. And, like, some people, years. And you talk to them, you tell them the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they can't write a simple letter. They still need you to tell them it's okay or tell them like they never it's like a, a a bird that waits on mommy to give them the worm or like the baby who keeps screaming for milk like have you ever seen them women that are breastfeeding and like six seven eight year old kid and you're thinking dude get a ham sandwich like it's time to get off the milk man you're like six seven eight years old um that's kind of how i feel about a lot of this stuff like you know, maybe some people will never get it quite as good as others, and that's understandable. But if you don't move somewhere, like if you don't get to at least applesauce or something after a year or so, it's it's not the teacher's fault. It means you're not digging. Like you're sitting there expecting them to spoon, spoon food feed you. Like helping somebody and doing it for them are two different things. And when you help somebody, it's kind of like, if you give somebody a fish, they can eat for a day, but if you teach them to fish, they can eat for the rest of their lives. It's kind of that same mentality. Would you agree with that, John? I absolutely agree with that. And something else I wish to add in there is, you know, there there are a fair amount of people who contact us, and basically they wish for us to more or less act like their attorney. They They wish for us to do everything for them and – put everything together for them, find everything for them. And, and again, it's, we can help you out. We can tell you what, what we need from you to help you out, but we can't do it for you. When it comes down to it, you're going to have to be the individual who goes in there, and it has to be your belief because if it's our beliefs, if you go in there and you try to represent our beliefs, then you're you're going to fail miserably because you don't believe it in your heart. So whenever we're working with somebody, we always ask them, we say, well, what do you wish the outcome of this case to be, and why do you believe you deserve that? Because it has to be your belief. Like Brian just said, we can't believe for you. And that, I mean, honestly, that's that's a big part of the problem with the movement. Um, 
there's a lot of people that want you to do everything for them. And really, it's why, and that's probably a big part of the reason it never sinks in because it's not, it's kind of like the kid who always gets money from mom and dad. He, he's always getting all of his needs met. He never has to work. He never mows the lawn. He never does this. Well, what happens when mom and dad die? Or what happens when mom and dad get tired of it and tell him he's got to get a job? Man, they melt down. Like they literally cannot function. They don't. They don't have the ability to feed themselves or to think for themselves. I mean, that's a big part of the society's problem today, in my opinion. People have lost critical thinking skills. Like they can't. They can't rationalize or think their way through things. It's like, you know, I have people that I, you know, and they're good people, and I and I really believe they're believers. But like, I'll read a verse or I'll read a subject matter to them and i'll see like in that deuteronomy thing there's literally like eight sermons in that one three sentence paragraph i mean there's like i can't tell you how much stuff that stuff gets me excited like all this stuff's in there but you know people have a hard time seeing even one thing or two things out of it and um it's it's always kind of puzzled me but i guess it's maybe because they're waiting for somebody to tell them what to believe instead of getting a machete and going forging the path you know i don't know i guess there's a lot of reasons it could be that way <clears throat> but if it's not in your heart you're it's going to you're going to be an imposter and i'd actually like john to touch on that jc if you don't mind will you touch on the imposter thing about when people start you know acting like man that whole thing yeah, and I mean, the imposter doesn't have to necessarily do with uh, acting like man. I mean, one thing that Shaman and I always tell people from the beginning is we're like, are you absolutely sure you wish to go through with this? Because if you go into court and say that you're a man and write down that you're a man and they find out that you are an imposter, they, the court will punish an imposter severely. Um, and that's basically, it has to be you, it has to be your beliefs, and not just in the common law, but with all of these people who go around and try using the UCC, in this case law, in that case law, and I'm not saying to not go read statutes and case law, because sometimes, I mean, sometimes cases are really, really interesting, and you can get a lot of philosophical principles by reading the case law of it. But when you go into court and you use that as your reason, your basis for why you have a right, and you don't know that you just have that right inherently inside of you, given to you by the creator, by the only true sovereign, then then you're you're an imposter. You are imposing on the legal society's beliefs. And because you're imposing on the legal society's beliefs, you're an imposter. And here's the ironic thing. I'm so glad you said it exactly the way you did because you just basically summed up exactly what the message was tonight as far as the resolve part, the trials, because it's like that with Christ, too. Like you come out and you tell, you know, they, they, they worship me, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, they're not real. Like, they say they're mine, they say they're a Christian, quote-unquote Christian, they say that they love me, 
But then when they come into my court, all their fruit, everything they put forth into the court, and that's what we're doing, right? God's keeping a record, you know? He's keeping a record of everything we do. So he's holding court. Like, life is court. You're in God's court right now because the ball's always in God's court. But you're in God's court right now. So what do you think happens? Like, you fool your friends. Some people, the worst person you can lie to is yourself. Some people convince themselves they're right about everything. And then they just live the way they wish, and they don't care about anything or anybody else. What, what do you think happens when you die and you wake up and you realize that you're actually in a court? And then you're standing tall before the man. Well, is he going to find that you're an imposter and punish you severely? Not because he wants to, but you reap what you sow. It's like if you don't, if you're not diligent with your studies and diligent with your relationship with the Creator, how can you call on Him when the time comes? You're just honoring Him with your lips, but your actions are far from Him. Like you're, you're not really worshiping. You're not really following. You're not really believing in His Word because you're not living it. Come on, Brian. I'm sure you're chomping at the bit. Say something. I'm just just listening. It's all good. <clears throat> I had a comment about something earlier, but I don't want to break the subject. No, go ahead and go back. It's fine. We jump all over anyway. Well, you, Jonathan said that, uh, you know, people call and, and they basically want you guys to act like attorneys. <laughs> and... Uh, the funny part is, is when I used to go down in the courthouse all the time and be sitting in the law library, the uh, I'd go in there and just just pull stuff out and study and and look, and then I'd run across reference. You'd be in there for a long time, and uh, the attorneys, when they were representing somebody, they would send them into the law library and say, "Just go uh, have the law library, and she'll show you what you need." They they weren't even doing it. And the law librarian came up to me one day and she says, you know, is there anything I can help you with? I said, I'm I'm just here just digging and sorting some things out. And she said, you know, these attorneys, she was frustrated because they just sent a couple people in. She said, these attorneys send these people in for stuff all the time. She said, I am not a paralegal. I am a librarian. She said, I see you studying in here all the time. If you need anything, you let me know. <laughs> and everybody else, they were sending out. Well, it turned out she she, she lets me go in and use the, uh, the computer with Westlaw and stuff on it, which is terribly expensive to, uh, to uh, you have to pay to subscribe to it. She lets me in there, and she lets me bring in a uh, jump drive and download anything I want. But the funny part is, is that the attorneys, they don't even help the people. Well, I mean, to me. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of a story of attorneys, you know. They're not there to help people. They're there to yeah. hand them over to the <laughs> Yeah. What were you going to say, yeah. gentlemen? Um. 
trying to get it back, brother. It was actually pretty ironic. Oh, like, you know, like JC knows more procedure than I do. Like, I'm still kind of figuring out some procedure. I, I know the law fine. Um, I have no problems with that. I can write letters. I can do all those things. But I can't tell you, like, the other day, literally, I pumped out, and it wasn't really that complicated, but I pumped out five documents in about 20 minutes, 18 to 20 minutes, something like that, because I was running late for work and I had to get something done real, real quick. And I was laughing with JC about how three years ago, it would have taken me a week of back and forth and condensing and talking and condensing and talking to get to the point where I could do something in like 15 to 20 minutes. And there's a comfort knowing who you are. There's a comfort in, in learning how to stand on your own or ride a bike without training wheels. And you get to the point where I will tell you the closer you get to the creator and doing these things, the stronger you get, the more confident you get, the more peace you get, because you start, it was like that, kind of like that thing in the marshal's office, you know, you get to a point where you recognize, look, the only person I can possibly control is myself. That's the only person that I have control of. Everybody else has to do their thing, and that's like, you know, all that a mankind may do as they wish. So that confidence that comes from being able to do that and then knowing where to go, you know, like run to dad and then sometimes having friends you can bounce ideas off who are equally strong, there's a huge strength in that and, and just a peace that comes with that kind of thing because you're not tossed to and fro on the waves anymore. <clears throat> and that's why, like, the remedy is part of the remedy is getting the church built and getting this, you know, supporting each other so that it becomes, I don't want to use the word organization, but maybe congregation, maybe a little bit of both of those. But when you have a group of people, right, that are able to perform those talents, and everybody listening to this has a talent. Can you imagine if, you know, sometimes this gets like 500 downloads, maybe more. When we go on Angela's show, it gets 11 to 1,200. What if those 11, 1,200 people suddenly pulled their talents? Can you, can you imagine the tidal wave that is? And then how many other people are going to want what you got? That kind of love and family and understanding and knowledge and peace. Like that, how could people not want that? I mean, that's the light of Yahweh that he's telling us to bring to the world, right? And that's the works. I mean, that's the that's the rubber meeting the road right there. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, and when, you're, when your heart's in the right place and uh, you have the resolve, I mean, look at, look at Peter. Peter denied the Lord, right? He went out and he wept. And then... If you read in in the Bible where it talks about uh, Peter was in prison, then they took him in prison and they had him, you know, chained in between all the soldiers. And then there were more soldiers outside and all that. 
and he thinks he's dreaming. And an angel comes and says, hey, man, kicks him in the foot. Get up. We're getting out of here. You know, where was what was Peter doing that night? He's like, I ain't going to deny him again. He was sleeping like a baby. They were going to plan on executing him, right? And he was just sleeping like a baby. And that's that's why uh, when he leaves and he goes out and he he... The door's locked, and he says, hey, it's Peter, and the girl doesn't even open the door. She runs in, and she says, Peter's at the door. And everybody says, no, it can't be, because they're in there having a prayer meeting supporting him that he won't deny the Lord again, and they're thinking, how could he be free unless he denied the Lord? <laughs> That's what was going on there. That's why they Talking were astonished he would be at the door. <laughs> So then he goes and tells him, oh, yeah, my buddy showed up, and he just walked me right out of prison. <laughs> That's what was going well, on. They were afraid that he had denied the Lord again. And uh, Yeah, but isn't it cool? Truth, I mean, isn't that cool, though, JC? I mean, think about that. That's exactly what happens when you surrender, because that's what Peter did. Peter just literally surrendered. Like, whatever happened, he wasn't moving. It didn't matter what it cost him this time. I ain't making that mistake again. And that's that's when you got that. When you got that and you've made that resolve, that's when, yeah, you have the peace. You have the stuff. We've talked about this before, Sean, and I said, I want to tell these people in a way, I want to make a declaration to them in such a way that, hey, they know that I'm just wrapped up and as close as I can be to him and I'm his. And if they harm me, they're harming God himself. And then if the Lord allows that to happen, I can have peace about it because I've done everything I can to make it known to everybody that, hey, I, I'm not over there. I'm not giving you any excuse to do me any harm. I'm over here. I'm somebody else's. And if you harm me, you're harming him. And you know, and if he allows it to happen after that, well, you know, I can have peace about that. It's like that movie, uh, V takes that girl and he gets her in the dungeon and all that. He had to get her in a place in her mind where she didn't care. There's nothing else they could take from her. And that's the verse where it says, fear not him, which is able to destroy the body, but fear him rather, which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell, which is God almighty can do that. And uh, when you, when she came to the realization in the movie, hey, you can take my life, but, y you know, I'm not giving you more. I'm not giving you fear. I'm not giving you control. I'm not giving you any of that stuff. And that's when she had peace. Well, it's actually interesting because, you know, the whole idea of the lowercase i and the colon is the idea that you are actually separating the self, you're separating the soul, you're separating your spirit, uh, you know, from everything else that comes after that. You know, you say, I, colon, am man. Well, the man is the body, you know, but the soul is the self. And they don't have jurisdiction over the soul. They can never 
acquire jurisdiction over the soul unless you harm somebody else. If you're over there minding your own business, doing your own thing, they cannot acquire jurisdiction over the soul without your consent. That's That's the whole point of it. Yep. And that's exactly what they're after, by the way, everybody. Don't don't make make no mistake. They absolutely are after your soul. They're in it for everything. They're after your soul because it gives them energy. Like if you don't control yourself, if you don't control your spirit, your soul, your mind, your your physical and moral constitution, then somebody else can have control of that. And and that's what's going on in courtrooms. But when you aren't controlling it, then the judge is attempting to get control over it. And typically, if you don't know what you're doing, they're they're really successful. They're really good at it because they do it day in and day out. It's interesting to know, too, JC, that, again, you go to the Greek, it's apotheos, little god. They're a god, and they're trying to control you. So you're either going to be controlled by the spirit of Yahweh or you're going to be controlled by another man. You know, you're either going to submit, subject. Yeah, and then just going back to a turn, like a turn means to hand over from one lord to another. Like an attorney is literally there to hand you from Lord God over to Lord Judge. Man, you just reminded me of another verse I wanted to go over. No, I was talking about telling the angel to go down. Oh, it's funny. I just flipped the Bible over and it's whoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it, and whoever shall try to save his life. <laughs> so if you lose it for his sake, that's when you have life. It's just. I got to find this man because it's talking about where he sends uh, the angels down. We were talking about a system. And the mark of God and like the mark of the beast being a belief more than anything. And uh, in Revelation, he just sends the angels down to mark those that are his. It's like seven, eight, or nine. I think it's in well, chapter it's 18. a different one than that one. It's a different one than that one. Okay. Oh, here it is. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Is this a. Yeah, which says seal the servants of God in their foreheads. He's talking about writing a new name upon him. That's in chapter 3. But it does talk about the angels thing. I can't believe I lost that. Man. Before the destruction. That's the one you're looking for. No, uh, I don't know. It's not. It's not the one that uh, we always go to. It's it's another one that I stumbled across, and I didn't realize for some reason I didn't realize it was there. And it was just it was so just apparent when I was reading it in context that that's what he was talking about. I was going down and sealing his own. 
Like, you know, you think about it, like works, right? If you follow the commandments, the commandments are a word. If you keep God's word, you're keeping your relationship with Christ because he is the word. Like, all these things are playing. It's just as interesting as when you go to Webster's to find your way through the court. You do the same thing. And that was another thing. Gus, if you can put this up on the board. I meant to tell everybody about this that night. That guy was, I guess, thinking nobody had a Strong's, but... It's called the Complete Word Study New Testament with Greek Parallel. It's just the New Testament, but it has all the original Greek. It's a King James Version. It's a. It's by, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Zudahites, Z-O-D-H-I-A-T-E-S, and it's printed by World Publishing. Um, but what it has is, and it has the, the King James, then it has the original Greek text right next to it, along with the numbers that correspond in the verse to the Greek in the Strong's. And can you so they all work yourself. together. Do what? No, I'm not muted. All right, I've got uh, the complete word word study dictionary, New Testament. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear I you. I can hear you now. Can you hear? Okay. It's the complete word study New Testament with Greek parallel, King James Version, right? And it's uh, Z-O-D-H-I-A-T-E-S. And what it has is like, yeah, I can't pronounce it. Zodiades, what a name. Anyway, it has the original King James, right? And next to it, it has the original Greek manuscript written. And it has above the number, like a verb in each word in the verse, it has the original corresponding number. Like it has the number of the strongs in it so that you can <clears> – <throat> it's right there. Like you can – it's a, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's a Greek parallel, so you can use it. Like if you ever have, well, I think it means this and I think it means that, well, there you go. All you got to do is just look at what the Greek said and go over to your Strong's and yeah, it works in conjunction. No, I hate to rain on that parade, but there is no original Greek. Well, you know what I'm talking there was, about. There There's 500,000. Yeah. We're going to go over that on another show, though. The best we got. How's that? Well, they they still, there was Bezos, Elzevers, there was a bunch of different guys that you put them together, but they put them together from fragments of things, letters that were out Yeah, I know. There. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We're not ready for that show yet. Yeah. That's why I said it's the best we got. <laughs> Just let <Yeah>. it go. <laughs> we'll get to that on another show. And then I can get the hate mail. But uh, it's a good it's a good study guide anyway. Uh, it really does help. It's it, it really does work very similar to Webster's in respect to the King James version. How's that? <clears throat> Matter of fact, studying that very yeah. issue this week, I learned some very interesting things. I was going to share with you and John and Gus. Gosh, you're off of you say something. Yeah, I, I was saying something, and I don't know if you could hear me. 
I wasn't. No, I didn't hear you at all. Yeah, I I posted that in the chat room, the complete word study dictionary. Uh, There's one for the New Mm -hmm. Testament. There's one for the Old Testament. I just grabbed a a link for both off of uh, Amazon. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're $38 for a book, actually 19 used. But I'm sure if you do a search you know, on eBay and a few other places, you can get it cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but that, that lock Man, that's uh, a hard. The, le- the les- this lessons in English, by the way, I've seen that as low as $3 on, on eBay. So if you look hard enough, you can find all these things pretty cheap. It's funny. When I bought that book 20 years ago, it was pretty expensive. It looks brand new. It's a hard cover. I'm taking really good care. This is in my. I've got a pretty, pretty deep library. This is. It was a really good study guide. This just like with law, you've got to get to the, to the original stuff, man, to try to figure out what's going down. Yeah, it's uh, it's ten dollars on eBay, by the way. Brand new. <laughs> I paid a lot more than that. <laughs> that sucks. Should have waited twenty years. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, actually, it's not. Does anybody? Uh, anyway. Does uh, anybody have anybody any got... questions? If they'd like Yeah, hit, hit uh, star two to raise your hand if you cannot, if you're having a hard time unmuting yourself. Uh, but star six to unmute yourself if you want to ask any questions. You can find uh, common law shamanism on uh, redressfordummies.org. And uh, tonight's show is is rocking the word. You can find that on on uh, redressfordummies.org as well as the show that we do on Tuesday nights, Hands-On Health. There's uh, different tabs for those different things. Sean and JC are going to be working on the lexicon on the law stuff, which I'm presuming is going to include some of the Greek stuff, the Greek words and and the the original language, you know, uh, word studies that we're talking about now in that same lexicon because it does apply back and forth. I shouldn't assume, but... I am. <laughs> and also, you can find us on Facebook at Common Law Shamanism on Facebook page. And I also have a uh, YouTube channel called Just Conspiracy. I call it Just Conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great video Jones just put out, too. That was really good. I like that one. Like Brian. Anybody got any questions? Yeah. Well, hey, this is uh, Eric here at Southern Maryland, and uh, <laughs> of course, I always take a rack of notes, so I got some uh, questions and comments and stuff. But let everybody else go first. No, go ahead, Eric. If somebody wants to ask a question, you need to jump in. So, Eric, go ahead. Okay. Well, hey, I guess. Uh, you know, go ahead, Eric. Okay, yeah, I was just when you were talking about the uh, kind of remnant part in uh, Matthew 13, um, you know, coming, coming to salvation, you know, and I, I just 
I think that everybody is in a different place at different times in their life. And at some point, everybody's going to have to, you know, come to, you know, a place where they have to address that issue, where they have to be ready or willing to come to salvation. And, uh, you know, but it's not always the same time for everybody. And I do think there is an urgency. The time is running out, you know, when we're all going to have to kind of step up or step back. And, but I I just wanted to make the point that I think a lot of people at different points in their life are not ready. And so I totally agree with, you know, sometimes people just need to, you know, back away, wait till they're ready and then address it at a different point in their life. So I think I thought that was an awesome uh, point. And as far as the resolve goes, uh, I just wanted to, you remember the the movie, The Matrix, and at the end there, you know, the Smith was beating the hell out of Neo and they were beating each other up and the rain was falling and he's like, well, why don't you just stay down? <laughs> And Neo said, "Did I choose to? You know, I choose to get back up. So, yeah. and I think it is really the resolve is the choice. So, when we when we choose that our resolve is not going to be shaken, it's not going to be broken. It's just like, um, uh, forgive me if I forget your name. You were talking about the movie V for Vendetta, and the, you know, when." When that woman's like, okay, I don't care if you kill me, I'm not gonna, you know, you're not taking my will. You know, you're not gonna break me. You're not gonna take my will. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I just thought that was a kind of a an interesting. The, uh, the interesting part in the interesting part in in uh, I, I think I'd have to go back and watch it, but in uh, in the Matrix. Doesn't he say, why, 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 Mr. Anderson, do you continue to get back up? I think he, I don't think he calls him Neo. I'd have to go back and look. Because he's saying, my name's Neo. That's me. Mr. Anderson's the title. He keeps trying to get the title to submit to him. And no. Neo's Yeah, I believe you're right. That. Yeah, I believe you're right. He does say he he always calls him Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to I'd like to bring up something before I forget it. Um I want you to think about it okay, not only spiritually speaking, cuz there's no separation in, there's no separation in spirituality in the world. That's why the government the first thing they do is, well, we need a separation of church and state. Well, of course, and you remove God from the equation. Um and then they become God. That's the whole point. It's exactly what the court's trying to do to you, right? But think about this. Like, we hear tons of people. We hear tons of people. The, one of the first things they say is, hey, guys, uh, yeah, we just want to talk. Yeah, like, we just, how do we file a claim? I'm just going to file a claim. I'm just going to file a claim on those guys. How do we do that? Or I'm just going to go ahead and file a claim on them, buddy. And it's like, man, you haven't even learned how to ride a bicycle yet without training wheels, and you want us to give you the keys to a Ferrari? 
have you lost your mind? You know, you don't know, you don't even know the basic principles of duly qualified, and you want to know, you want to try to move a common law action or a claim? Like, man, you've got to earn your stripes, as it were. Like, you got to work your way up. And, and, and when you start something like that, if you can't finish it, that's no different than you walking into the ring with an MMA fighter who's the best MMA fighter in the world, and you don't even know how to box. You're going to get – and you dress the part. You look the part. You're in shape. But you're getting ready to get your butt handed to you. So I just wanted to bring that to the floor. Hey, there was somebody else that was going to say something right after Eric. Who who was that? That was uh, just off the police guy. Who, buddy? Uh, my girlfriend wanted me to ask if the, the police are trained to do things to more to make you do things to get in more trouble when they antagonize you and all that. Um, who's open? Somebody's opening and closing the door. Can you repeat that, please? Uh, my girlfriend wanted to know if the, the police intentionally antagonize you and make you mad and make you do more things that are wrong. Well, no. Before you get No. I mean, I guess they could if you pissed them off and you have, like, a bad relationship, but mainly what a cop's trying to do is gain control of you because that's his job. Like, he's just... His job, for whatever the situation is, is to maintain maintain control at all costs. A because he's trying to sub- get you to submit, um, and B because if he doesn't maintain control, it can go very violent very quickly. Um, so really, it's kind of a you got to understand that police, and I don't mean you got to understand derogatorily or anything, but you gotta, police don't know law. Most of them, they know the theft part of law or an assault part of law. But they don't understand law like we do. And when they're on the street, you, you let's say you do your speeding or something, they have this – they're like a machine that you just push the button. That button activates the emergency lights and the gas pedal, and then it activates the officer to get out of the car and walk up to you and say, give me this, this, and this. And if you don't give this, this, and this, then he's going to start pushing you so that he can get this, this, and this. And it's just, it's mechanics. It's just mechanics. So the answer to that would be not in my opinion. I I don't, but I think it can happen. But most of the time, no. They're not trying to get you to do wrong. They're just trying to get you to comply. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else? <clears throat> well, I had a couple more things if you have nobody else has anything. <laughs> no, nobody else is talking, so have at it. Right on. All right, man. So when you were talking about the remedy, you know, you were talking about basically it's love thy neighbor as thyself, uh, love your Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, mind, and soul, and you know, I believe he also said that, uh, you know, right before he got crucified, he said, I give to you a new commandment, and that's to love one another the way that I have loved you. And, of course, he was speaking to his disciples, and he wasn't necessarily speaking to everybody, but, I mean, I think that's kind of applicable. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, that's the same thing. You know, love your brother. Love your neighbor right. as yourself. Because, you know, what? no greater love that a man have than he what, lay down his life for his friends. I mean, right. Christ even said, first, I call you my friend. Right. Like, how important are friendships? And we don't even nourish those the way we should. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, I'd say we're all a little guilty. I'd say we're all a little guilty of that. Um, technology has hindered that. You know, it's like JC and I, even if we don't really have anything to say, we try to make a point of getting on the phone every day, at least for a little while, even if it's just to argue about something. I mean, you know, just, just to make sure, hey, I got your back, man. You all right? All right, you're breathing? Yeah, all right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, it's just trying to keep that friendship going and making sure that you're caring and loving one another, you know. So, yeah, it's a good observation. It's the same thing, in my opinion. JC, yeah. you agree, disagree? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's basically what we do. Yeah, awesome. So then uh, you were talking about rewards, and, you know, I totally agree that we, you know, like the way that a lot of the disciples, you know, ended up ending up uh, was pretty horrific. And although we all may end up with our heads on a stick, you know, the kingdom of heaven is really the end game. And regardless of what our position is in that or what our place is, you know, that's really the end game. So that really should be what we, I believe that we're focused on is that the kingdom of heaven is going to come here on earth and we can either be on that side or we can not. So I thought that was a really good point that you made. Um, another thing, uh, John was talking about his videos and that they go real fast, you know, because he puts like a ton of information and he's like putting these screenshots up and there's no way that, you know, a simpleton like me can read the screenshots and listen to what he's saying because it's just beyond me. Uh, so, you know, I might be one of the, the slow ones that need to go back and read stuff, but uh, I thought that was a just a good point that, you know, sometimes we need to, uh, you know, if we're really tuned in, if we're really uh, listening and in the spirit, then we're going to get things a lot quicker. And a lot of times that's not me. But, you know, I try. <laughs> uh, the other thing you well, I mean, it's like about anything you exercise. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, some of the stuff we're reading, I, I just figure that if people really have the ambition, um, they're going to pause the video and read it. Yeah. I got yeah, to pause it. Go ahead. I get that. And I think I just I was just I guess my point is that if we're if we're really tuned in and if we're really 
if we really want to hear, if we have ears to hear, we're going to hear and we're going to hear it directly, quicker, faster. And I think that's kind of the point in the scripture. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously some people are going to go slower. <laughs> and that would be me. <laughs> you want, so, if you yeah. want to. Sometimes it takes a lot of time to understand information, um, you know, because the answer might be really easy, but for you to fully understand and know why the answer is that easy, um, you know, sometimes it takes time. There have been times I've listened to other people's audios, and then I've gone back a year later, and they have a completely different meaning to me. Or I read a book of the Bible, and then I go back three years later and read it, and it has a completely different meaning to me because I've had more experience, and I understand more about what's going on, and maybe I've done some some research into whatever I'm I'm looking into. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm the same way. I mean, once you, like, learn vocabulary and learn what words mean, then even when they come up in conversation, it's like that you know the people that you're talking to have no idea what the words they just said, and then you have this completely different understanding of what they're saying, even though you know what they're like what they're trying to get out. The words have a totally different meaning, and every time you hear those words, it's totally different. So I I totally get that. Well, what were you? Uh, um, I think Brian Scott was trying to say something real quick. Brian, yeah, when, yeah, when I can show you, if you came to my house, I could pull out notebooks, just full of notes. Where when when I'm reading a book and I see something, or I'm watching a video, I hit the pause button, say and say it's uh, something that's text. I'll stop it. I'll write it down. And, you know, when you do that, it increases how quickly you will memorize stuff. Because, one, you're hearing it, you're writing it, you're reading it, you say it aloud while you're writing it out. You're putting it in in four ways, you know. You're, 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 you're hearing it, one, you're writing it again, you're doing it with your hand, you're, and you're saying it over again. You do that. I'll just give you a little a little thing. They're they're finding out now that all these kids who uh, were in grade school that they put on Ritalin and stuff, they get out. They get to an age where uh, they start coming off of this stuff, and they can't remember anything they had while they were in school that they learned, and they're figuring out that the the Ritalin affects the, the chemical balance in their brain. And then when they get off that stuff, it changes back. And they cannot recall the stuff because the, the chemical balance is off in their brain. So when you when you start studying and then you start writing, look, all this studying and the law and stuff, it's dealing with words. It's dealing with writing. It's dealing with understanding definitions. You start putting it into your mind that way. You copy stuff. You write it down. And then, 
a lot of times I can show you notebooks where I'm reading somebody else's book and right next to it, I'll have, I'll see something that I think that's real important. I will write it out, copy it out verbatim. And then in the margin of my notebook, I have the title of the book and the page and the paragraph. And then, you know, when I need to refresh something, like I remember that was in uh, Ken's book or that was in somebody else's book. I can go grab my notebook, flip through, find it. And because of the way I did it, once I, I hit that spot, it like it'll all come back. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, you know, I got three pages of notes from tonight's call. So I, yeah. and I, I'm not as organized as you, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I try to try to write stuff down. I'm a lot better now than I used to be, obviously, but, you know, a few years ago, I just, I didn't care. I just lived my life. And now I turn the TV off and I just try to study stuff. But yeah. Eric, I'll tell you. Like, I mean, honestly, it's, you may or may not believe this, okay? I I grab things, like, verbally. Somebody tells me very quickly. Like, I'm very quick to grab stuff. I learn very quickly. I studied so hard the Bible the first, say, five years to seven years of my salvation that I didn't study for a good 15 years, and I still knew what I was talking about because I pounded it into my skull so hard um, that it just over and over and over and over and over. And it's it's like and Brian's even better than I am at recite. He can, man, I can tell you the gist of something. He'll give you the page. And it's just, he, I mean, I, I argue with him. He's got a photographic memory. He is a tremendous asset when it comes to biblical studies and research. Um, he is a very good man. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I have a tremendous amount of respect for John and Gus as well. Um, you know, and it's because of the diligence. It's because they're real. It's the same reason when I, I mean, I had a horrible last two weeks, personally, to be honest. Like, I mean, it's just crappy. I had things going on with people personally. Just, I was just at my wit's end. And I went over to that preacher's house to fix that plumbing. And just that half hour I had rejuvenated me completely. And it was because it was peaceful. It was loving. It was tender. It was edifying. And it was because of when you meet people and you're surrounding yourself with people and in fact you become one of those people that's true to what you're saying and you do the things you say you're going to do and you're being diligent and you're living the words you're speaking you know how powerful that is i'll tell you i'll give you an example of how powerful that is the governments nations kingdoms legal societies of the world are dominating the whole world because they really do what they say they're going to do. They they protect one another. They support one another. They put their finances into it. They put their heart into it, their knowledge, their understanding. They do what they say and say what they're going to do. And then mainly the people who are 
I mean, a lot of people are just lazy, and they complain about it. But honestly, they don't really hide a lot of it. They just, you know, it's just like they have people have ears, and they they hear, but they, you know, they see, but they you don't see. They hear, but they don't hear, because they haven't been diligent in their own belief to where they know how to stand. It's just like JC was saying earlier. You know, you gotta you gotta have that understanding of who you are and why you believe that way. It's got to be who you are. If you're just trying to, you know, so many people recite uh, stuff from this other guru. It's just like it is like reading something he would write. Here's the problem. It's like there may be ten parts to that one thing you knew one or two parts of. What happens when you don't know the other eight parts, six parts, four parts? What if you don't know the last part of the puzzle? You can't put the whole picture together. Now you've messed yourself up. So it's it's why you want to be diligent and really get this stuff in your own head. And you're right. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. The more rapidly you are able to say, oh, I recognize with that piece of the puzzle where it fits because the picture becomes so clear you just recognize it. You know what I mean? Like you just start getting it better and better and better and better as you go. And it it, it brings a peace. I mean, that's what the Bible talks about, the peace that surpasses all understanding. The closer you get to the word, the more strength you have and the more comfort you have. That's why he calls the Holy Spirit a comforter. And that's the law. That's knowing that law, knowing those works, knowing that love, knowing that whole thing about the creator, that whole big package, you know. It's not just this one-time event, guys. It's a daily walking, talking, living, breathing, understanding, trusting thing, relationship. It's a way of life. It's breathing. Breathing is what it is. It's, It's actually breathing, the breath of life. That's what it is. Yeah, I absolutely agree, and I think that, you know, in my progression through the last several years, of course, I went down tons of rabbit holes and I would look at something from whatever guru and think, you know, there's no way in hell I can stand in court and say this because I don't understand it myself, like a lot of it. And, you know, I mean, I'm not the brightest dude in the world, but I'm not completely retarded. But uh, I totally believe that if you don't know what you're saying if you don't know what the words are coming out of your mouth actually mean then it's not gonna it's not gonna fly and they're gonna know that you're just an imposter and a fake and then you're gonna you're gonna end up being in big trouble and i guess that comes to my other thing that it's like you know if you're gonna be a master then be a good master but if you're going to be a slave, then be a good slave. If you can't be a master, then you're probably going to be a slave when you go into court. And it's not that you can't, you know, limit the damage. You can, but you can't be a belligerent slave and go in there and expect them to, uh, you know, give you some kind of mercy. And no, you know, not everybody... I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I realize that not everybody's there. Not everybody's going to go in there and be able to stand as man, and not everybody's going to be able to, you know, write paperwork and then 
go in there and stand on it and not get off it and do, you know, what Gus did or whatever. There's people that are just not ready for that. They're not prepared and they don't have the time. And so, you know what? Sometimes just shut up and be a good slave and just, you know, ask for mercy. If that's all you can do, then that's what you have to do because you're going to get found out as a slave anyway. And you, you're either going to get hammered for being belligerent or you might kind of get out of it, in, you know, a, a little bit easy and then you can go back later and learn and 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 come back and change the status and change your uh you know change your come from so if i, I may does that like seem to, crazy if, yeah uh no i wouldn't do it like that <laughs> but i understand your perspective and there may be on a small scale but if can i add maybe something to that because it touches base and I think JC might want to say something about this. Um, what it is is people make it too complicated and they overthink it too much. The surrender is just that. This here's this here's what it here's what it means in, in from my perspective. Like like I've heard gurus say, and and there is a reason for this. Okay, don't use the word of God in there. Do not go in there and take the Bible. Okay, but they mean it for everybody because they don't want that. Okay, but there is a, there are people who should not do that because they're fake or they don't have any knowledge. They haven't studied, and these people hear that I'm a child of God thing all the time. And then when they just ask them a couple questions, they realize these people know what they're talking about. Um, and it could be that they're not a child of God, that they're really there for themselves or what they're doing. But um, when you really know who you are and you are prepared to die for that and live at the same time, that is when you become man and woman. Like when you're... You're just going to stand, you know, because it's like if I were to ask you your name, you would have no problem telling me that. And if I were to ask you your wife's name, you'd have no problem telling me that. If I asked you where you lived, you'd have no problem telling me that. You see, it's just stuff that is. It just is. And when you get to that point in your mind, like I'm here and this is who I am, why? Because it just is. And that's exactly the attitude that Yahweh, Yahweh had. Whom shall I say sent me? I am. I am what? I am. That's enough. You don't need anything else. Just tell them I am sent you. When you get to the point where you know who I am is, that's when you'll smile. That's when they can't get your soul. That's when they can't get your will because it's yours and it's your father's. And you're only servant to him. You're not bending your knee to any other false god, any other false idol, and you don't care. And hopefully we all can get to the point where that rings true when we're tested. Because everybody can say that, but until you're really tested, good. <laughs> you know, hopefully we all can stand when the trouble comes, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, and, it, you know, and I, I think the only reason I was saying that is because, like, a couple months ago, um, 
I ran across this lady whose daughter was going to get these burglary charges. And so I, you know, talked to her that night. And the next day I was talking to the daughter and she said, she's like, oh, well, you know, texting is better for me. And I, I can't really talk because I'm going to the park with my friends. And eventually I just texted her mom and I'm like, look, I don't think that your daughter's, you know, she just needs to get a public defender because, you know, she's not going to be able to do this. And so you don't want to go into court if you can't, if you're not going to be able to just stand as a man, then you, you know, don't go in there and try to stand as a man. And I think you kind of made this point earlier tonight and then, you know, just end up as a belligerent slave because they're just going to clobber the hell out of you. And I think that point just needs to be reiterated. <laughs> like, if you can't do it, if you're not going to be able to do it, if you if it's if you don't have the capacity to do that, then don't try it. It's not a, it's not like a, you know, it, it's not like a test. It's not like something you can just ah, oh, let's just see what happens, you know, because you can actually hurt yourself. I mean, I don't know. If no, you, you hit it. You hit it. No, you no. That's the whole point of the message. That's one of the points because we had four points, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, that's exactly right. But that's also why. I mean, you should strive for that victory, though. You see what I'm? That's the only thing I was adding. I wasn't arguing with you at all. You should never be fake. But if you're not man or woman, that should bother you enough. And it's just like the parable: with the kingdom of heaven is like a man who has a field, you know, and he sells, you know, he's talking about the treasure in the field. He sells everything he owns so he can buy the field because that, you know, he's like, you give up everything to become the man God wants you to be. You give up everything to become the woman that God wants you to be, you know. Um, that's the whole point. And if you can't, A, no, you shouldn't fake it, but B, you better get on the other side of the fence where you're supposed to be as fast as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. And I th I think that's a very that's a very important point and I do think that there is an urgency to it. I I believe that we are running out of time. So I mean I don't know if you believe that or Well yeah, um, I mean I could get hit by I, a Mac truck tomorrow, so every day is you know, almost out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Brian says something about the clerks. Like he goes in there, and the clerks let him uh, do the, uh, the, you know, do go into the law library, and he can bring his own little drive in and download stuff and look up whatever. And I, I just, you know, my experience with the clerks are that they don't necessarily like attorneys. And they don't, they don't, uh, if you can make friends with the clerks, that's a huge, huge thing. Um, when when our court here turned to uh, the electronic filing system, you know, they uh, there were some problems and glitches and whatever. And so the attorneys had come in there jumping up and down and screaming and hollering at the clerks, trying to get them to, you know, file their papers or whatever they were trying to do. And, you know, the clerks 
you know, they're trying to work through it just like everybody else. And so these guys were being total jerks to the clerk. So one day we went in there to file something or get something. I don't remember what we were doing. But they all had, like, shorts and flip-flops and these T-shirts that said something about, you know, I don't remember what it said. It's something like, we're people too or something like that. And I was like, what the heck is this? Is this like, you know, casual Tuesday or something? And they were like, no, we're protesting because all these attorneys are coming here ripping on us because, you know, we got this new filing system. And that really let me see that, you know, clerks don't necessarily see these attorneys as these, you know, master wizards that they, uh, you know, have to do exactly what they say. They were, you know, they were kind of protesting. And I just thought that was kind of funny, and I just thought I'd share that, that if you can make, you know, friends with the clerks, and if you can show them that you're a good dude, you're going to have a lot less problems getting your stuff filed, and they're going to be way more helpful to you. Uh, you know, obviously, they're not going to give you legal advice, but they can certainly help you with form and procedure or stuff like that. My experience here is that the clerks were always really super sweet to me, but I was always really super sweet to them, and I always was very you know, grateful and gracious to them. So I just want to hit on that. Um, last time, just a question. Uh, the most memory I wrote about today was the Yeah, his his phone was breaking up something fierce. I didn't know. It, yeah, what it, was going it was on. my. Uh, I think my Bluetooth just died. Sorry about that. Hey guys, <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I don't know if somebody else was beeping. My phone was in the process. I didn't realize my battery was dead. But um, I don't know. Was somebody trying to beep in? Like they were trying to ask a question or something? All I heard was a bunch of stuff breaking up. It was. Uh, well, I've heard it for a little bit. Maybe it was just my phone. Yeah, it wasn't. No, I didn't hear any beeping at all. Okay. Just making sure somebody wasn't getting cut off. I guess we're at the two-hour mark, though. Yes, yeah, we're, we're over, actually. So. Want to wrap um, it up and continue next week? Yeah, I mean, I think we should. Um, unless, okay. J.C., I'd like to hear J.C. and Brian a chance if they wish to say anything before we go, because I did most of the talking tonight. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming out, and uh, we'll probably see you all on, on Wednesday. And don't forget that we have a show with Angela um, Stark on Thursday. I just want to say ditto. That was good. All right, yeah, thanks, Brian. Brian. I think Brian wanted to say something real quick, Gus. I just want to say ditto. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. and. And uh, everybody get involved. Wise words. Appreciate everybody, appreciate everybody coming out on a Saturday night to hang out with yep. us. And um, we'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday next week. John, anything else? <laughs>
just uh, remember that JC and I are getting ready to uh, kind of start going after some of the some of the really bad teachings that are hurting people, so that we can give a different perspective on it. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to do that for a little while on the show, so that we can give a uh, different perspective on some of these crazy teachings that are getting people pulled down and thrown in jail. Some people I know right now, following some of those Anavon Rice stuff, uh, are sitting in prison right now for 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah. But nope, other than that, that's it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week on uh, for Bible study on Saturday, and we'll see you Tuesday for health and Wednesday for law. Till then. Uh, you guys have a great night. Enjoy the weekend. See you guys. Good night, everybody. Sure.